Greetings, fashionistas. You are listening to Take It Off, and I am your carless, still, host, and Darji. Shout out to all my Lyft drivers. Um, we do discriminate because of prices. Anyways, today is put on your own shoes day, and since the origins are completely unknown, the creator has given us free reign to do what we will. So we are going to use this day as a metaphor for proudly strutting those heels. And if you're worried about discomfort or will people be making fun of you, this stress can actually lead to a lot of unhappiness. This next guest reveals the surprising things that we try to steer clear of that can actually make us happy. Please give it up for certified life coach, author, Jennifer Hughes. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Andarji. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Thank you for joining us. So I want to jump right in with you. What is your definition of happiness? Every person knows what it means to them, right? Yes. So it doesn't necessarily matter what I think it is. It only matters what you think it is. And you know if you're happy or not, right? If you If you feel like like, I just, I just want to feel better. I just want to, and this is kind of what I do. I help people to think better, feel better, do better. And it's, it's all subjective. It's all at a scale and you just have to decide. But I think it's just having a great life and being grateful for it. And to, uh, you know, to, to let go of stress and worry, that kind of thing. And I, I had a counselor tell me in high school because I told her, I just want to be happy when I grow up. And she said, you know, happiness isn't a destination. It's a byproduct. And yes. I I just felt so relieved because when she said it like that, it takes ownership of the of the word happiness and it gives you control back of your life. I love that. I love that because it's a skill set. Yes. Right. It's not just something that accidentally falls on your head. It's a mm -hmm. skill set that anybody can learn. The people who come to you, what kind of things do they What's the biggest concern? So anxiety, mm -hmm. depression. I, I teach a college class and 95% of them come through with depression and anxiety. It's like mm -hmm. an epidemic that's terrible. And I've suffered through depression myself. I know how you can just feel like you'll never be happy again, but, but I am. <laughs> I decided to be happy. I decided to be my own hero. And now I like to help other people to kind of climb out of that pit of despair and, uh, and be their own hero. So yeah, I think it's depression is a big one. Uh, what are some ways that people unconsciously choose to be unhappy? Oh, they do so many things that they just don't realize. Like mm -hmm. here's, here's one example that we all love, right? We love to be right. Right. Uh and this is something that just makes us miserable because the people what? around us think they're right. So it oh, just yeah. leads to a lot of conflict, right? If you, you're like, no, I'm right. You kind of, you're in an argument, you're engaging with somebody else. They think they're right. It's a, it's a lose, lose scenario. So one of the secrets of happiness is to just secretly be right. <laughs> to just like not let anyone know. It's okay for you to be right and not let anybody know about it. <laughs> Ooh, see, this is going to be hard to take with us to the workplace, especially in corporate environments. But she, she's dropping some gems here. Okay, That's right. okay. So I'm I'm in a corporate office with um, loud Susan in the cubicle next to me, 
and <laughs> she is wrong. She's factually wrong. How mm -hmm. do I go about it? So first of all, you just know in your head, you just tell yourself, I know I'm right. You give yourself a pat on the back and you just like, sometimes you let them crash and burn, right? <laughs> like um, I have five children and sometimes I had to let them do this. I knew I was right. And they're like, no, I'm going to do it like this. And I'm like, okay, well, let me know how that goes. And it just goes terribly because oh. I was right. <laughs> and so when they learn that by experience, they're like, oh, I guess you're right. Like, you know, which they don't say out loud, <laughs> but, and Susan might not either. Um, so that's one <laughs> option. Another thing is to just, um, to just keep doing your thing, to do your job right. And to, um, you know, maybe try to, be curious about why she um, why she believes that so strongly, how she thinks it's best to be done. And then maybe after you've heard her out, maybe she'll hear you out. And if you kind of show a compromise, maybe she'll, you know, likewise do a little bit of a compromise. Mm, that's so interesting because usually I'm so reluctant to compromise with people. Um, so this is really good advice for me. Um, and also, kind of hard. it is, it's very hard because a part of you is like, oh, you feel like if you compromise, is this person going to take advantage of you? Are they mm -hmm. going to see you as not a strong leader in the work environment? So it, it's a, it's a good uh, skill set to have. And yeah, well, let me answer that. It's kind of like, um, it's it's kind of the first show of trust, right? If you show that first sign of trust and you listen, hear them out, you're curious about it and you're not judgmental, you're just like, hmm, tell me, tell me why you think that. They're much more likely to do the same for you than if you just say, no, listen, here's how we're gonna do it, right? So they're much more likely to listen to you and even be curious about where you're at. And it's much more likely you'll come up with a compromise in that, you know, doing it that way. And sometimes it can come off as um, critical if you're talking to the other person. You're like, no, you should do it X, Y, and Z instead. And I know that you talk about ways that people avoid criticism. They avoid rejection. They avoid failure. But you say that avoiding these things can actually make you unhappy. <laughs> it's surprising, right? It's not technically that avoiding them makes you unhappy because nobody likes to, you know, to fail, to be criticized, mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things. But when you live your life in a way that you're avoiding those things, like most people have such a like gripping terror of this. Like if I get rejected, if I get criticized, I can't handle if I fail. Um, and, and it just makes you stop. You freeze. You yeah. don't really live your life. So it's how you're showing up when you're trying to avoid those things that really just ruins your life. <laughs> you know, like you just have to have that courage to just move forward anyway, even if somebody criticizes you, even if it doesn't turn out the way you want. Right. Yeah. And and like this even goes into the fashion industry, too. I know I've always said that models like have to have super thick skin because they're constantly being nitpicked apart and I mean even Giselle Bunchkin like she got rejected from 42 agencies 42 and bef mm -hmm. before she landed her runway show and 
now she's still till this day one of the highest paid supermodels in the world. So it, there's hope out there and we should actively try to overcome this. But I think yes. Well, sorry to interrupt no, you, but go ahead. She, that's a perfect example of if she were so afraid of rejection, criticism, failure, she wouldn't have persisted until she got the, that show, until she, you know, after the 42 rejections, she wouldn't have persisted if she lived in, in fear of those things, right? Yes. That's a great example. And I think um, this criticism in particular is really hard for creatives, like people who are in that world. I mean, there's this quote by Erica Badu, and she says, I'm an artist, so I'm sensitive about my beep when it starts with the S. And those people, the artists, the creatives of the world, um, they also have to face criticism. But yeah. I how do we help them get through it? Because I think with them, we have to be a little bit more uh, gentle. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I have one book I was a contributing author for my my next book that I just wrote on my own is about to come out. And I'm like, terrified. Like, what if people don't like it? What if they say something terrible? So I'm not immune to it. It's just like, you just take back your power. Like, somebody outside of yourself a circumstance outside of yourself a person a situation anything like that it you can't be happy if you let something outside of yourself determine if you're happy right you have to take that power inside of yourself you have to let the like let the control of your emotions be inside instead of outside and you can know you know what i'm an artist this is what i i love this i'm really proud of it and it's not going to be for everybody and that actually like makes it more powerful because some, you know, like there's no, no press is bad press, right? If somebody's talking bad about you, you get more attention. And then, you know, some people, you know, like are like, Ooh, that sounds like the right thing for me. Yeah. I'm only, you know, I'm popping when I have a few haters. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, yeah, you just have to have that power be inside of yourself instead of let somebody outside of you control whether you're happy or not. Are there any exercises or tips or tricks that we can do to try to overcome this? Yeah, you um, really, every kind of coping strategy begins with breathing. Just kind mm -hmm. of get back into the present moment. Like when you're stressed, worried, fear, depressed, that's all thoughts about the future or the past. So if you can kind of get back into the present. So I would just recommend kind of you know, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, Namaste. at least five. Yes. And then I would just like start feeling your body, like notice what you notice, what you hear, notice what you can taste, notice what you can smell, S maybe stretch out your big muscles in your body and, and then just kind of bring it back. And it only takes like two minutes and you can kind of bring it right back and just say, it's okay. Like that gives you the, the presence and state of mind to just kind of say, it's okay. I choose my own happiness and somebody outside of me can do whatever they want and I'm not going to let it affect me. Do we still need critics today? I mean, in every field, I feel like in fashion and music and sports, we have these critics. Have you ever seen The Devil Wears Prada? Yes. Okay, the scene where she goes... The assistant goes, so he's going to change his entire collection just because that one woman didn't like it. 
And then the man goes, you don't understand. Her opinion is the only one that matters. Do you uh-huh. think that still holds weight today? I think we believe it does. Mm. Um, and I definitely think a little criticism is healthy. Sometimes I, yes. you know, about my writing, I've gotten somebody who said, oh, so are you saying you're always going to be happy? And I'm like, no, you don't even get me, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of upset, right? And then I kind of realized, like, that's a great question because everyone's going to have that question. So it really made me think deeper and just say, no, it doesn't mean you're going to be happy all the time. It just means that there's some things that cause misery that are highly preventable. And you can choose if you go down that road or not. And and it just makes it more likely you'll you'll be more happy. So I think I think it's really healthy to examine our own beliefs and to have them challenged sometimes because that can make the our own uh, conviction get deeper and stronger about it. So I, I definitely think it's healthy and I, I definitely think it, it gives you better answers. If the you know, in the movie example you just gave. He, he could look at it. It's kind of like borrowing somebody else's eyes to say, oh, you know, I, hmm, how, how would this look to somebody else? And, and I think it can make your work much better. And you're a writer. And so writers are constantly facing criticism from not only magazines, publishers, but also the own, their own publishing house that they have to submit their work to. They're constantly having to compromise um, to sell their work. How do you decide, okay, this is constructive criticism or this person is just not seeing my vision? Well, it's a decision, right? You can just decide. Hmm. You can just decide, okay, this is constructive. I'm going to see what's of value here. I'm going to figure out if like, if I can believe that they're right, I, I'm going to try to see it from their side to see if I can make this better because they might like, after I've received criticism, I've changed it. Sometimes I even give myself criticism, like how would somebody else view this and just completely changed it, completely rewritten it. So I think you just decide if, if it's okay, this is, there's something constructive in here and I'm going to find it, it just makes your work better. It refines it more and more. Um, and if you decide, oh, they're on my case, they hate me, that, you know, if you decide that, you're going to just be miserable. And and you're not going to work harder to make your work better. They're right? trying so to you ruin just, my I, life. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and there comes a point where you have to maybe stand up for yourself and say, you know what, I really believe in this. And, and let's, can we try it this way? And then if it doesn't work, we can change it. So, you know, there's a little bit of a balance, too. Also, when you're new and trying something different, I think it really helps to have someone that you trust give you on because you don't want to be surrounded by yes men. You you want someone who's going to give you the truth. Um, Again, you don't need too many truth tellers either because, uh, you know, (laughs) our ego can be (laughs) a bit gentle, too. That's that, that those are all good tips for criticism. What about failure? Okay, so failure. Let's yeah. look at it like um, like a scientist or like, like I like to cook. Let's use this example. I like to cook. I like and, to eat. Um, so. Yeah, I like to eat too. Um, so if you're cooking something, like I don't really have recipes. I just kind of create it, right? So I, I do this, I taste it, and I'm like, you know what? There's something missing. What could it be? And I'm like, ooh, I bet if I put that in, that'll make it better. So it's kind of an experiment. And sometimes 
I put in too much salt and I have to throw the whole thing away. And, and it's mm. just an experiment. So I like to look at failure as an experiment, like a scientist will, you know, continue to experiment and, you know, do this, do that. And they know it's not going to all work. You're not going to always just get the perfect thing on the first time. So you just have to know it's kind of an experiment. Now, you know, what doesn't work and you just look at it like feedback, like, okay, that's not the thing that works. It's just, it's just a lesson. That's, that's what it is. Oh, it's just a, an L can be just a lesson instead of yes. a loss. I like that. One thing yeah. that you did mention was you said, Focusing on yourself can be counterproductive to your own happiness. It hurts, right? <laughs> yes, because, okay, like my generation, I think we've been really good. I, I thought we've been really good with this. I was like, okay, we're ripping up the rule book. Um, we're doing this whole thing on sustainability and gender politics and underrepresented cultural perspectives and uh we still have a lot of work to do but how how come it's counterproductive it's okay so there does need to be a balance you need self-care right you can't just ignore yourself completely you need to have that confidence you need to um to you know take that moment to not you know to to eliminate your stress but the more you focus on yourself the unhappier you are just because it's kind of um it's, it's how do I explain this? It's just, it's a closed mindset. It's you're closed off. You're just like, well, how does this affect me? And mm. so, yeah, you do need to have a bit of a balance because, um, because you need to be your own hero. You need to protect yourself from, you know, things that might suck your energy or your happiness away. Um, but you also need to, um, if you're just focused on like, I need everyone around me to, to do things my way so that I can be happy. It's not going to work because other people around you are not in your control. So mm. it's just like you can't expect everyone around you to kind of change to how you want things to be because they're not they're, They want you to change to be how they want. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's not ever going to work out. So when you're just really focused on everyone needs to to worry about how to make me happy, it's just dysfunctional. It's not ever going to work because you can't control anyone or anything outside of yourself. Also, you're kind of wasting your energy by doing that. Absolutely. You, you yes. are draining yourself. You have so much potential that you could actually tap into. Uh, but And the people who I think are very controlling, one of their strengths is like they're very aware Mm -hmm. They notice all the little changes in your language, your body language, and they could be using that for something else. Mm -hmm. so, so I think it's just a complete waste of time. Um, it completely drains your energy. That's that's totally true. Um, because look at for an example, when you're feeling gratitude, it is scientifically proven that you cannot feel true gratitude at the same time that you feel really angry or upset, right? And mm -hmm. gratitude is usually for somebody outside of you or something outside of you. Somebody did something or, you know, even just kind of looking around at the, the earth is so beautiful, you know, something like that. Like it's not something that you did, right? So that's kind of the, the fix maybe is to just focus on gratitude um, for what you do have, not, you know, not what you don't have, not 
how somebody else maybe mistreated you or, you know, even your group of people or something. You focus on what you have, what you can be grateful for. That's kind of a fix, even though it's it's still like it's a little focusing on you, but it's it's more so focusing on what somebody outside of you has done that's wonderful. Yes. And and that's I think gratitude is something that we always take for granted until it's yes. too late. And it's yes. something that we should be mindful of constantly practicing. Yes. Uh, and it's never too late. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late. I mean, sometimes what I mean to sometimes it's too late is like the times I notice that everyone is usually most grateful is after something really bad takes place. Yeah. And, true. and I, the whole lockdown pandemic, it, it shouldn't have to take that for people to be grateful of their spouses or their children or their jobs. Um, and unless you don't like your job, then I understand. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, people around me were just say, Oh, this is the hardest year ever. And you know what? It was like one of my best years ever. Really? <laughs> it was like meeting people all over the world with my coaching and my children at college, like came home. And so I'm like, this is awesome. Like my kids are here. Like people want me to stay home. <laughs> this is awesome. So it, so it just depends on how you look at things. It was like one of my favorite years ever. <laughs> one of the things I liked about it was like, you could work from home. So you could you could really never be late to your job because it's hard it's hard, it's hard to say oh i came late to a zoom meeting but what a commute from yeah. the kitchen is just <laughs> terrible <laughs> one of the things that you say is like being late can actually uh make you happy because if that's the case i can do it i, I can commit to this so. <laughs> yeah well i love that by the way <laughs> um but it's like it's like usually in a situation where you're late, you're going to be late anyway. So mm -hmm. if you're sitting there like, oh, I have to be on time. I have to hurry and go. Like, you know, if you have kids, you're like, come on, get dressed. Let's get in the car. You're just so stressed out. It's like you're ruining your own day. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and you're still going to be late. So <laughs> if you if you're going and you're just like, well, you know, it looks like I'm running 10 minutes late and you just um, might as well get coffee from Duncan on my way. <laughs> just Not kidding don't do that don't do that the consequences are of being late but but it's basically you're gonna be late anyway so you can decide if you're gonna get really stressed out about it or not mm. <laughs> that's what i mean so i'm not saying try to be late because it'll make you happier i'm just saying like choose to choose to let the stress go if you're going to be late anyway instead of just like getting super uptight and miserable and, and probably making everyone with you miserable too. And all the cars that you pass by, cause you're like, get out of my way, you know? So yeah, it's just kind of how you show up, but you're going to be late anyway. So <laughs> the people who are like constantly stressing, how do they know if they need retail therapy or actual therapy or, or both? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, um, the the example the exercise i gave earlier just take a moment to get present in in your body you know notice everything that you notice um you know so often we're trying to deaden our emotions so that we don't have to feel that mm -hmm. but when you think about it like this the biggest fear people have is pain and the most common kind of pain there's only two there's only two kinds there's physical pain and emotional pain 
And physical pain is not really predictable. You don't know when you're going to get hurt. But emotional pain is is much more constant, mm. but much more preventable too. So if you can kind of tr- refrain from trying to deaden with like retail therapy, where you're just kind of mindlessly like, oh, I need to do this to feel better. First, make yourself feel better. Like one of the things I like to do is kind of meditate. I'll, I'll just turn on 60 seconds of like a fire, like you know, there's a fireplace app on every, every TV or like, you know, have something on your phone, just 60 seconds of watching something relaxing, like the beach or fire something like that can really reset you. And then you can, um, decide, you know, if you, if you still want to, to do more, um, even kind of writing can be cathartic, like I'm feeling, and then just, just keep writing until you kind of feel like you wash it out and then go shopping. When you're happy, not when you're like, oh, I need, you know. <laughs> so, and and if you um, if you have a true kind of, like a therapist can take you from dysfunction to function. So if you feel like you need that, please go ahead and and seek that. But most people, you know, if you haven't had a true trauma, like, you just maybe need a new perspective. And I love what you said too about people will avoid the emotional pain more than the physical. I think um, some people, I I think that they would rather, some people would rather have like a broken neck versus a broken heart because they just, they just can't tolerate that pain, especially if they've already gone through it. Mm -hmm. Doing it twice is just, it's too much. I, Oh, I remember once I, um, there was this shooting and I was kind of in the wrong place in the wrong time. And Mm. luckily it missed and just hit the glass. But I was so scared for a year to drive down that street. And then a few months ago, I drove down the street to try to like get over that fear. But it, but it took me a whole year to do that. Yeah. So it's a lot of mental things going on. For sure. For sure. Most of the problems we have are, emotional pain yes you know like even even up to suicide right it's like that feeling of i can't handle this emotional pain that i'm in um and and the thing is you can like we we think we can't but we can and one of the most important superpowers to have in your life is the ability to feel discomfort Mm -hmm. um like to, I call it the uncomfortable comfort zone, uh, because if you can feel discomfort, you can you can stop smoking, you can lose weight, you can you know end your addictions, you can you know have that talk in your relationship that you need to have, you can yes. um, you know move towards your goals, even though it feels a little scary. Like everything can be accomplished if you're willing to feel a little bit of discomfort and. It's, it's amazing, but like, I'm trying to lose weight right now. And I know how hard it is to like, ah, this discomfort of, I want to eat that instead of this, like, and, and, but you can, you can do it. Like we're, we can all feel discomfort and it doesn't kill us. It actually does make us stronger and better. And it gives us so many more amazing results in our life. And and what you were saying about uncomfortable conversations with any relationship that you have, those conversations, like they almost always make you stronger. Yes. I, I, I mean, seriously, I can't even count the number of times I've had to confront someone. And I just felt so gross. And afterwards, it was like, oh, a sigh yeah. of relief. 
this yeah well in your relationships if you aren't willing to talk about it that means there's no relationship right if yes. you're like there's nothing to talk about you're you're just kind of like okay we're done <laughs> like so it's talking about it that proves that you're invested in making it better so so it's actually a good thing <laughs> and and you can't like avoid conflict by the way you can you're only prolonging it there's, right. It, there's nothing you can do to run from it. This next conflict, oof, uncomfortable. I don't know if you've <laughs> been listening to the fashion news lately. Uh, did you hear about the scandal with Balenciaga? I didn't hear about that. Ooh. So <laughs> they did this ad with uh, children posing with teddy bears, um, but the teddy bears appear to be wearing bdsm accessories and they got major backlash from everyone they deleted all of their pictures on instagram they put out this long apology people are like burning up their thousand dollar balenciaga outfits which is like congrats for even owning that but <laughs> also um like kim kardashian said something bethany frankel said something and I don't know. They're such a big fashion powerhouse. And now they're suing the people, the third party who actually came out with the ad. They're suing them, saying, like, mm -hmm. look, it wasn't us. It was completely up to them. Mm. Um, so they're kind of, they could use this advice right now. What advice would you give them? I mean, the first thing is to take responsibility. Like, mm -hmm. like you can't just, like, blaming let me tell you, this is, I have a whole tell thing us. where blame exists, misery persists. Oof. Where blame exists, misery, misery persists. So this is what they're doing. They're blaming somebody else. They like, they're, they need to take responsibility for this was their photo shoot, their mm -hmm. business. They hired the photographers. They hired somebody else. Like, and they... They had to have okayed it before it got published too. Exactly. So like they need to take responsibility. And you know, this is a hard thing to do to take responsibility for yourself and say, you know what? If I were the only person in the world who could do anything to fix this, what would I do? It's not necessarily taking blame. It's taking, it's taking the power, right? To say, if I were the only person in the world who could fix this, what could I do? And then it opens up so many possibilities where if you say, well, they did this to me, mm. you're powerless. You're a victim. Like you can't ever be happy as a victim. It's just not possible. So if you can take that responsibility, that's what they should have done. They should have come out and said, wow, we were way off. That was totally inappropriate. And, and we're so sorry. Like this is not the image we want to portray. That, that would have been you know, more taking responsibility than blaming, oh, it's their fault, let's sue them because, no. you know, to try to make it look like they had no fault here. And I and I think that they're going to do um, something similar to what Gucci did. Like a few years ago, they got in trouble about creating a sweater that had blackface. And so mm -hmm. they, they tried to also do the same, like blame it on someone else. And then they ended up hiring this um, black designer who like in the 90s they actually sued him so mm. then they ended up like hiring him saying look we've changed we're open-minded we have um 
Well, one thing that they did do actually was like they did hire like a diversity coach to like look through everything before they published it, which I think is like the right step. Mm-hmm. Is like hiring someone to make sure that every this doesn't happen again. Right. So I think right. we're going in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes you see it like with, with Will Smith, you, you saw him take responsibility, but he still just got toasted. Right. Like I think he made a great move to say, you know what, I shouldn't have done that. And it would have been nice to see the host, you know, also say, you know what, I, I was out of line. I shouldn't have said that about his wife. Like, so you can kind of see, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a difficult c- culture right now to take responsibility because people are yeah. like, let's get them. <laughs> but, um, but in your personal life, it definitely makes you more happy when you can just take that responsibility and just say, you know what, I'm going to be my own hero. I'm going to take my power and I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this better. Uh, Jennifer, I could talk to you all day. Unfortunately, we are running out of time, but how can the listener get in contact with you? How can they support you? Please give us all of your information. Uh, okay, so my website is www.thecoachinyourpocket.com. So mm-hmm. don't forget the thecoachinyourpocket.com. <laughs> and um, and there's there's all kinds of things on there. There's a freebie on there. There's uh, there's a way free. to contact me. So um, so yeah, a freebie about kind of. 30 principles that will um, help you to choose happy instead of misery. So it's just a one sheet where you can see it all and, and they're all from the book. So, so yeah, that's the best way. Just the coach in your And your book, will it be coming out this year, next year? Yeah, I'm looking at February right now. So, okay. So we, crossed. <laughs> we, we will keep in touch with you because we want to shout out that book too. And maybe even if you could come back as a guest too, we would love that. I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> Jennifer Hughes, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. That's what's out. That's what's in. See you next week on next week's trend. Follow me at Take It Off Show, and I'll see you next Tuesday at 5 p.m.